Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikuchi and you are listening to Jazz's Travel. Everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikuchi here, welcoming you to a new episode of Jazz is Travel. This is a podcast series that explores jazz and creative music in all four corners of the globe, touching on cross-cultural projects, different music traditions, and more through conversations with or about groundbreaking, innovative, and visionary artists. Armenian-born pianist-composer Tihran Hamasyan is one of today's most revered and distinctive voices in jazz and creative music. On April 29th, he will release Standart via non-such records. This is his first album of American standards, having previously only released original compositions and traditional Armenian music, including on his acclaimed 2020 album, The Call Within. On Standard, Hamasian applies different techniques and ideas he has been developing over these past years to a program of songs from the 1920s through the 1950s with bandmates Matt Brewer and Justin Brown, as well as other special guests. We talk about this and more on today's episode of Jazz is Travel. So fire up an audio teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Here is our conversation with Tihran Hamasian. Hello Tihran, welcome to Jazz's Travel. Hi Matt, thank you. What part of the world are you speaking to us from right now? Uh, I'm speaking to you from Venice, Italy. Hmm. What are you doing around uh, those parts? I uh, live here. Actually. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's life like in uh, in good old Venice? I'm a, I'm <laughs> a, an Italian-born man myself, so I always like to uh, hear what people think about my native country. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful here. Uh, a bit touristy, of course, uh, but um, it's great. It's so I'm an old soul, I would mm. say. So I would like to be <laughs> surrounded by uh, history and um, beautiful, beautiful architecture and yeah. culture. It's uh, I like that. Yeah, as much yeah, as yeah. I like uh, also nature. I, 
I would like to be in a part, a place where there's a lot of culture. Yes, yes, well, I understand that. Yeah, and so Tigran, before we uh, uh, talk about your forthcoming album, uh, which I understand is your first album of uh, American standards, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 this is a consideration that I have about it. I mean. Albums of uh, American standards are kind of a must uh, for most musicians of a jazz uh, predilection, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, can you tell me a bit about the origins of this idea to delve into the fabled American standards repertoire? Uh, well, um, I these compositions, these beautiful melodies, have been with me um, since I was ten you know, 11 years old, um, and they're like like folk melodies for me. I grew up um, as a, um, a teenager listening to that um, and uh, being fascinated by specific uh, melodies, like specific compositions that were had really haunting this kind of like timeless kind of melodies. That, and, uh, and I've always wanted to do something like an album of my favorite, you know, melodies from, that came out of the USA during the first part of, uh, 20th century. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, when the COVID lockdown, um, happened, um, I, uh, somehow I started just working on these, uh, tunes and, um, started arranging them and, um, and an idea for doing for doing an album came by, and uh, as I would say, you know, I got in a way I got lucky because during the lockdown, a lot of the really great musicians that are featured in um, in this album, they they were available and and there to to come to, come together and record. So um, it it all kind of came together quickly. <laughs> Right. But in the press release I read, you said that uh, American standards to you are a bit like Armenian folk music. Uh, what it, do you mean by true. that? Well, those melodies are, I'm treating them like Armenian folk songs. They're, they're really like, they're, they're like folk songs for a small community of uh, jazz lovers um, around the world. I mean, it's like these cherished songs that um, a very small community of um, um, music lovers, like jazz music lovers, um, know. And uh, and so to me, I'm part of this community. And um, I would, you know, with this album, I um, wanted to represent or re... Yeah, put these, um, put these songs through my world, so uh-huh. to speak. That's interesting because, I mean, uh, from what I understand of uh, knowing uh, uh, what I know about you and your music, you've really never let go of your Armenian roots. And uh, by the time you moved to the United States, you were already playing the piano, but you were very young, like you were a child still. Uh, So did you find that music was a way for you to maintain a closeness to your country of origins and its traditions and heritage? Yes, of course. But at the same time, it was something that was just natural. I didn't really force anything. It was just part of the my culture. You know, I grew up like that, and it was obviously it's the kind of things that were naturally part of my um, daily life. You know, some tra- you know tra- traditional uh, yeah culture that comes with where you're born and how you're raised. 
uh, even if you move to another country to live and um, you sort of um, embrace the culture of that place, you at the same time can't help but bring this other heritage uh, with you and um, uh, it, it sort of expresses you, uh, you know, I, I express that through music as well, uh-huh. but among other things. Sure, of course, yeah, 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 yeah of course. But but I mean, uh, going back in time even further, this is what I've read about you also. You started playing piano at about three years old. Now, what makes a child of three want to start playing the piano? I just grew up, I, I would say I just grew up in a house uh, where there was just a lot of music and appreciation for music. Appreciation for music that wasn't necessarily popular also in Armenia, you know, I mean, during the Soviet times, it was uh, small communities of, of music um, uh, connoisseurs and, you know, people who appreciated music, um, like rock music, jazz music, like, so to speak, the capitalist music, you know, for the Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, period. So uh, I grew up. You know, my father was a huge rock fan, and my uncle was a, a big uh, uh, jazz and funk soul uh, music fan. And so I grew up with that music at the house. But at the same time, my grandparents had this huge collection of uh, classical vinyls, and so I grew up with that. And my parents gave me to classical school. So. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, I would say just there was a lot of music at the house. Um, and, um, we had the piano, uh, which was, I guess, naturally, I, you know, I saw there is a musical instrument and I started being, uh, trying to make some sounds on that instrument. And, uh, my, uh, with my uncle's and my father's guidance a little bit, um, I started picking up on some Led Zeppelin songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all, all of the, uh, a lot of the genres that you mentioned on more, genres and styles remain part of your music. And uh, one of the ways in which they kind of came together in a spectacular uh, way was in 2020's The Call Within, which I have to mention uh, for a couple of reasons. One of, one of them is that, quite frankly, it was one of my personal favorite albums of that year. Uh, it oh, was pretty amazing. You. And uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, the album took interested in was maps of different mm. eras, and uh, this is kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to bring up this album. Is since the mm. title of this podcast series is Jazz is Travel, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of driving concept takes the concept of travel and expands on it uh, as much as possible. But I cannot refrain from asking you about this specific element of that particular album. What do you find interesting about maps? Uh, to me, these maps are you know, t- time capsules of um, our imagination and our like the human progress, and um, it's um, yeah. I mean, it's it's really fascinating um, to think to see like an 11th century or like 9th century uh, map of the world. You know, uh, it's, it's almost, I mean, right now, I would say these are like pieces of artwork, you know, um, they, they, they're, they're not maps anymore. They're like, it's art, really. Um, and, um, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see these time capsules of 
um, human progress went and to also re kind of think about it in terms of what we know now which which is basically we don't know anything you know the more we progress the more there's more place to progress and it's just uh it's good to realize that uh and not uh, not kind of look at it from the standpoint of we now we know everything about the world <laughs> No. But but the other way around, like so these maps are for me, like it's showing that we actually don't know anything. Even even though we are flying to, into cosmos, uh, into space, and uh, and uh, you know progressing, we have technological prog progress. Uh, um, it, we still don't know anything. Yeah. Um, and and for me, what what's the most important thing here? Is the what we create uh, in during this process of trying to find and discover, like like during this process of discovery, basically. So, based on what you just said, do you think that there are any significant similarities between maps and uh, a music record? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's it's again the imagination of creation and uh, trying to f to and, and the excitement of discovery. Like in music, we discover things in music, and so we discover like maps and and new things. And um, it's more about this uh, joy of discovering than the actual thing that we discover. To return to the Armenian tradition of your music of your art um again uh drawing on the call within uh which will then allow me to get into a discussion of stand art which i have not forgotten about but <laughs> for sure uh it kind of ties into that but first uh, the call within also took inspiration from uh, christian and pre-christian armenian folk stories and legends again among other things because mm -hmm. we talked about the musical side of things this is another aspect that uh, kind of interests me uh, because, and I just kind of wanted to simply ask you, are there some of these stories that you find uh, particularly drawn to or that resonate with you uh, more than others? Well, uh, there's a lot of different stories, um, tales, um, uh, folk tales that came, came down to us that are um, fascinating. You know, uh, it's um, some of them are considered folk tales, um, fairy tales, you know, um, that were, were brought down to us like in oral tradition. And for example, there is this beautiful story of, not that this album is connected to that, uh, but there's a beautiful story um, of uh, a mythological bird um, that's, uh, that, for example, saves... That, that is the only thing that can save our world from evil and um, decadence. Um, and uh, it's called the bird of thousand songs, thousand voices. Um, and uh, in order, order to bring this bird, the, the hero must go um, uh, through um, many um, worlds to, to bring this mythological bird back to so that this bird can sing and bring, um, save the world in a way, turn the world into a um, the place that it once once was. But only the person that can, um, the only only the person that goes through this journey 
can make it sing. You feel like more like the bird or the person who looks for the bird? I feel like I'm the one that looks for the, bir- the bird, but but somehow I would like to think of the music that comes out of me is is somehow connected to the bird. And this is somehow. a question that I like to ask uh, uh, at any opportunity I'm given. Uh, do you feel like when you are composing music or even when you're improvising music that you are discovering it or that you are creating it? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I believe that I'm discovering it, um, because, um, I, there's, there's one more word that is missing there, actually. Um, it's like, for me, it's a word between discovery and miss, like this more or more like a mystical thing that's happening, uh, when you play. That's something that's not um, up to you and in your control, in a way. It's like between that and, and control. The track you just heard is Tigran Hamasian's take on the classic composition I Should Care from Standart. This track also features trumpeter Ambrose Akimuzira, one of the album's special guests. Standart will be released on the 29th of April on Nonsuch Records and Hamasian will embark on a tour of the United States in June in support of the album. Without further ado, let's carry on our conversation with Tigran Hamasian. The reason why I asked you about, uh, you know, to share some of your favorite or a favorite uh, Armenian folk story was that uh, when we get to Standart, which is a 
different, for example, from an album like The Call Within, mm -hmm. because it refers to the history of American standards. Mm -hmm. Still, uh, many of these songs, including some of the ones that you chose uh, to interpret on this new album, uh, people would be familiar with their melodies, but also with their words. Uh, I think of a song like um, uh, All the Things You Are, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, while you were uh, kind of coming up with uh, a list of songs that you'd like to interpret for this album, were you also drawn to what they represent in terms of words and lyrics? Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, not everything, however. Um, majority of them, yes. But um, there's... Um, uh yeah maybe one or two that i just i just loved them just as melodies and i wanted to um uh, arrange these melodies but yes the titles of the songs and and the lyrics it represented and they, they represented and also the history of when they were written by whom they were written and for what reason they were written um for example laura it's a whole um there's a history about uh, of how um, why it was written and this, um, this the beautiful film that was shot and who wrote the book and uh, and the the history of the person who wrote the book on which there was a fi the film that was shot all these things for me they're they're part of the story and. Uh, it's more. It adds more depth, depth and excitement to the project. So to return to the album, uh, and if we look at the title, "Stand Art," uh, all one word. <laughs> uh, the title of the record, of course, implies that uh, your approach to the American standard is also artistic. Right. Yes. Um, I I just felt like um, even though it's great that these songs became standards and they because of their incredible beauty um standard of american music but at the same time the word standard is kind of um not fair to these exceptional melodies um so i like to um uh change them to stand art which is more more like representing piece of art rather than just the standard and uh, also the other kind of side of this the, the reason for this name of the, this album is um connected to uh, um, again the covid lockdown and the importance of having um, the importance of art in our society and um in our lives um it's it's as important as as eating and and getting a COVID job, job and everything else. You know, it's, uh, how are, are yeah. you up to date with your COVID jabs, by the way? I am, yeah. I got, <laughs> I got my booster. and Great, great. Uh, so, you, so you're ready to get back on the road, no problem. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, great, great, great. Uh, no, I mean, uh, I, I digress there, but just returning to it, as a listener, I can say that uh, we talked about how you reimagine, reimagine and reinterpret these compositions. Uh, what I love about this record, it's one of those records that takes familiar songs, but it's almost like listening to them for the first time again. Was mm. this part of your intention to kind of uh, bring them uh, to a new life in every sense of the term? Right, right, exactly. Um, 
um, I really wanted to kind of break the um, the habit of playing this song in a particular way always and kind of uh, everybody's used to playing this song at this tempo and this time signature and this manner um, and I, I kind of wanted to break that um, so um, I would change these songs in a way where like they I would go extreme places with them uh, tying into that, uh, Standard features a number of special guests, uh, uh, some amazing talent, but at its core, uh, I mean, its core constellation remains a piano trio. How does this format help you in achieving what you, uh, what you just outlined? Oh, I love piano trios. Um, um, it's a sound that I, it's, it feels home to me. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's tough to play a, write music and or arrange or, or play with a um do a project with a piano trio because it's you have to um cover a lot of things you know um and um, um there's so many piano trios that came before so um it's it's really hard to find something that's something that's not hasn't, hasn't been done or it's outside the standard thing um yeah. So, um, but at the same time, I love it, you know, and, and also the specific, uh, musicians that are playing on this album, uh, it's, it's, they have so much to do with, um, uh, how this record sounds and how, how it ended up being sound, ended up sounding. Um, Matt Brewer and Justin Brown, they're, uh, um, is something about, the way they feel the time and and this constant like feeding of uh fluidity and feeding of energy they 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 have uh when they play when they improvise and play uh, written parts that's um that really uh is part of this project mm-hmm. um and uh it was it was absolutely incredible recording with them and uh also in addition to that i would add of course, uh, quite a different record from The Call Within, uh, which featured, right. in contrast, a more epic sound mm-hmm. in the traditional sense of the term. Uh, and that kind of leads me to ask you the final question. I mean, how important is diversity in your own personal oeuvre, in your own body of work? And is it spontaneous to you, or is it something that you go out of your way and challenge yourself to pursue? Uh, there's one thing that I, uh, I've been, I, I don't know, maybe spontaneously doing, but, uh, maybe, uh, I just like to have this change, but I never, I would never do a project, let's say a back-to-back jazz trio project, acoustic trio project. I would, uh, always change the format of, uh, you know, maybe doing a solo piano album or doing a more a rock, trio album or a quintet album with uh, more singing uh, or you know just just breaking like doing something that's very different format wise um and and this keeps for me this keeps things fresh uh i have a fresh perspective on them and uh, each pro each format that i um uh i decide to record uh, it helps the other record 
you know, so like playing, changing it from a trio project to a solo piano, uh, all of a sudden, like the solo piano is, uh, working on a solo piano repertoire will help the project that's going to come next. So, so, and it keeps you kind of, um, always searching and, and, um, challenging yourself mm-hmm. always. So, um, I like, I, I don't know, maybe it's spontaneous or maybe I don't have the, um, the, uh, patience to do two projects in a row with the same band. <laughs> Yeah, right. And even though I keep the same bands, I mean, I, uh, for, I've, during the past 10 years or even more, I've been playing with, uh, since 2008, I've been really playing with two drummers until last year, um, the, which, uh, when, when I started, you know, playing record, I, when I recorded with Justin Brown, who, with whom I wanted to record, for a long time, it uh, just finally had the opportunity to do it. Right. So right. I like to work with, even though I change formats, I like to uh, find very specific musicians to work with and create something um, special in the long term. Okay, Tigran, well, thank you very much for uh, joining us. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tigran Hamasian. His new album, Stand Art, will be available on the 29th of April via Nonsuch Records. And I hope you will also join me again in the following weeks for more globetrotting conversations on new episodes of Jazz's Travel. In the meantime, I encourage you to check out jazzes.com for more excellent content on jazz and creative music. And of course, if you like what you see there, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt Makuchi signing off. See you soon. Mm-hmm.